Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the first ever Friends and Rivals podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. I will be covering the New York Rangers. I will be your Rangers expert, as they say. I don't know if anybody says that. Joining me are three other division rivals, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves. I will go next. My name is Steve. Greetings and salutations. I will be covering the New Jersey Devils for the Friends and Rivals podcast. And I'm Nick Larita. I'll be covering the Islanders for the same podcast, not some other one. <laughs> and I'm Bill, and I'm covering the Pittsburgh Penguins. Scratch my back with a hacksaw, and uh, that's for the uh, Friends and Rivals podcast. That was uh, that was stellar opening, boys. Absolutely stellar. We'd bring it home. <laughs> We're flying now. So this is all going to uh, end. And Nick, can you slurp a little bit louder into the microphone? I will slurp time? as hard as I can. Holy crap. Let's talk Devils and Islanders. Let's talk Penguins and Rangers. But let's not talk about Flyers, because they're a bunch of fucks. Which no one can deny. Which no one can deny. Don't try it till you had it. This is episode 100 of the Friends and Rivals podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Harkness. Joining me each week are Stephen Wojtowicz, Bill Fougere, number one uh, Bo Horvath fan. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, huge Bo Horvath fan. <laughs> Big time. Listen, when we started during the uh, COVID, I didn't ever think we'd get to 100 episodes. I, I thought 10. To be honest with you. 10? You thought 10? Yeah. You, you were conservative there. <laughs> <laughs> but but listen, we, we do this for uh, for our enjoyment so we can get together and talk hockey uh, since Nick and I moved away. And um, it's been nothing but but fun ever since. We get to talk about our favorite teams and mock on each other a little bit, which always makes it fun. But for our 100th episode, we have been teasing a special guest for a couple of weeks now. And uh, without further ado from ESPN, uh, NHL tonight, the point, and now a live play-by-play broadcaster. We welcome John Butchie Gross to the to the show. Butchie Gross and me watching all the highlights. Yeah, we stare at the beautiful hockey. Perfect for the point. There's gotta be some left for us. I wanna be Bob Prober. Butchie Gross wishes he was someone a little more funky, but everybody loves him. Awesome. That's just about as funky as you can be. Boochie, Grass, and me. We're going to be big stars. How you doing, sir? Hello, boys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for, uh, for, for coming on. This is, uh, as I mentioned before, this is certainly a treat for us uh, to Congratulations have. Congratulations on hitting a hundy. Oh, thank you. Thank you very, very much. So uh, we're going to start a hundred off- more than I've done. <laughs> <laughs> oh i think you've been on tv a little bit more than a hundred times i gotta tell you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we we all have faces for radio <laughs> uh, so we're gonna start off with some general uh some general butchy grass questions so um sure. if, you, if you could model your game after one player in the nhl who do you think it would be hmm, wow 
Uh, probably, you know, probably be a guy that can do uh, a lot of things pretty good. Maybe nothing that great, okay. but uh, some, someone like an all around type of player, um, probably like a second or third line, maybe a winger or center iceman could be a number three D man. Let's see who could that who could that person be uh, around the league that you know? Yeah, um, nah, Sebastian Ajo is too good. I'm not that good. Um, Can I throw out a suggestion? Sure, give it Dawson to Dawson Mercer. Would you be Dawson Mercer? All right. I, I think I like that call because I, I I was a kind of a nasty competitor. I'm still a pretty competitive guy. Not as much as I used to be. Thankfully, I was embarrassingly embarrassingly competitive when I was young. Now I take things in stride much better and just uh, enjoy the ride. But yeah, I, I like that. That's the guy who went like okay. you know late late in the first round. I think yeah. if they did a redraft, if we, if they did a redraft that year, he'd go probably. Eight to ten, as opposed. To, I think he went twenty, twenty-one, something 21, like that. No, twenty, yeah, yeah. Because then so they probably go, yeah, yeah. Probably go eight to ten because I like him a lot. He's a guy. He's a winner. He's like an old school guy you saw like in the eighties and nineties all the right. time. Like every every team had nine of him, you know. So he stands out. So yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. All right. Listen, TMZ is reporting that Sammy Blay uh, just bagged Margot Robbie. You sure you want to shoot <laughs> Dawson Mercer over Sammy Blay? <laughs> That's impossible because I did. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I was the one. I thought I was the one. Breaking news. Uh, so of our four teams, who do you what? think has the best chance to win the cup first? Hmm. So these four teams, again, are the Devils, Rangers, Penguins, and? Islanders. Islanders. Islanders, yeah. I would say I would probably have to go to the Rangers because of the goalie. You got to think Chris Drew is going to do something. Um, to try to make that forward group player, you know, better, you know, Panarin and Zabinajad and, you know, Kreider's obviously a, a good top six pro, Adam Fox on the back end. And, and I still think they're a couple pieces away. You know, you certainly want to say the Devils, if they could, you know, if they had a Timo Meyer, but then do they have a goaltender who could be good for two months? You know, that's mm -hmm. the thing about people don't understand goaltending. You don't win with good goaltending in the playoffs. You win with great goaltending. And, you know, you look at a team like, you know, Seattle, who doesn't have a goalie with a 900 winning percentage, and they're, they might win the division. And the Kings were in first place the other day with a minus goal differential. It's like kind of weird. Because, you know, that is the one thing. Now that we're in a high-scoring era again, we're kind of like in early 90s territory in terms mm -hmm. of goals per game. Um, so maybe maybe you don't need that number anymore. Maybe you can win with an average goaltender and, and stuff like that. So maybe we'll come down to a track meet, and certainly the Devils are the – are the fastest team of the four, the quickest team. Um, and so, you know, if, if the game trends that way, like I've said, they can add a Timo Meyer. suddenly they, they have a good top nine that, that you know, that team's going to have to worry about. But again, do they have the goalie or goalies? You can go back and forth. We'll probably start to see that again more um, with, with this seems to be a lack of depth in the league. So, yeah, and I'm worried about the Penguins. Obviously, they seem a little stale, lacking depth. And the Islanders, you know, we'll see what Bo Horvat does. They are strong up the middle, for sure. And they have a great goaltender. I mean, he's right there with Shesterkin. So it's going to be interesting to see what Bo Horvat does. Yeah, do they put Barzell on the wing? I think he actually is a winger. Um, so uh, like a setup winger, Patrick Kane kind of guy, you know, pass first, but can shoot. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Lane Lambert uh, does. I'm, I'm sure he's very excited to get a guy who can score goals and they don't have to lean on, you know, Brock Nelson all the time uh, to get them 30-35. Well, you heard it here. Rangers are going to win the cup. John, put your You said. know, this breaks my heart, John, just because <laughs> Tom and I are both golfers and yeah. we, have a, we have a bet going on. 
the guy who wins the cup, his team wins the cup first. The other guy's got to not only caddy for him, he's got to wow. actually tee up every shot for like him that. as well. So I like that. I'm hoping, that's too high. That's too low. That's too high. That's too low. Oh yeah. Oh, he's gonna be so picky. He was so picky. You know. You know. You know. Tom pretty well. I I lost a bet uh, back in the day. It was about what was it about Yager and somebody getting a hundred points. Yager and Michael Ryder. Yeah. Combining for a hundred points. And they got a hundred and one points that year. On the final game of the season, final game, they, yeah. they, they broke the 100 mark. I had a Moa's lawn and a Devil's jersey. It was very How would you like to mow my lawn? <laughs> uh, exactly. Precisely. So, well, listen, we've, we've gone on record uh, with some ideas that we think would uh, make the game better. Uh, maybe okay. blue line in, red line out, larger nets, three on three, 10 minute or you know, sudden death overtime. Uh, what, what are some of your ideas to improve the game? Yeah, I, I was, you know, 20 years ago when I was writing my ESPN.com column, I definitely was a bigger net guy, you know, by an inch or two, just as the scoring was just so depressing. And we were in such an era that we thought maybe the goalies were going to be too good. And obviously there was a, a stack of goalies with Hashik, Wah, Brodeur, you know, down the line. And we don't seem to have that as much right now. But so I was back in the day, I, w- I was thinking that was something they should look at, that offense sells. Um, but as it turns out, the offense is back now. So, you know, luckily they didn't have to do that. I know they care about history books and stuff, but um, my contention is that, you know, the most popular sport in America doesn't care about history books really. And that's the NFL. Like no one mm-hmm. really cares about records and total yards. They really don't. And right. not like baseball, but not like baseball, which has been kind of, you know, that's all they've had the last 25, 30 years, really, as they, as they seem get passed by by football, um, even basketball, people aren't really, you know, LeBron's going to pass Kareem. I mean, if, if that was 20, 30 years ago, whether it was Aaron passing Ruth or, you know, certainly Gretzky passing Howell, um, it just doesn't seem to have, doesn't resonate with people anymore, it seems. So I was, I did tweet this the other night about the overtime. I think it would be cool to experiment. And obviously that's where the AHL is a good place to experiment. That's where they did three on three first. Um, is just play pond hockey in overtime. Is like, you don't have offside. Oh, don't okay. have, you know, wow. don't have icing and just go. And see how it looks, you know, and see if we get back to that impulsive, frenetic overtime that we just fell in love with those first three to four or five years. It was so exciting. Now it's so tactical. It's like soccer where it's territorial, it's possession. I get it. It's smart limiting possessions and, and just wait and regrouping. Don't give the puck up because it's right. hard to get it back. So I, that's something I, I would like to see the maybe the AHL try you know, maybe next year for the first 30 games or 40, you know, as long as they, they think it, it, if it doesn't just sully the game, but I think it'd be kind of cool. Just play true pond hockey. I think people would identify with it. I think it would be really interesting just to see how it looks and see if we get these incredibly long stretch passes, what kind of tactics are involved with that. Now, again, shift, maybe you yeah, get shift strategy completely. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it makes it worse. I don't know, but like I'm up for trying things. I always say, you know what, just try things. It's just sports. And if it doesn't work, we'll change it back. Um, It's not that big a deal, especially if you try it in the AHL. I think, you know, I think it would translate pretty well, always better in the NHL, but that's the one thing that did come to mind. Other than that, you know, I, I love the, I love the game. I love the skill. The skating is just insane. Um, So other than that, nothing really comes to mind uh, other than that. I like the idea of the pond hockey thing. You know, I, from time to time, you catch a uh, a game on YouTube or something while you're while you're scrolling through, and uh, you you see the you see them get hit with a two line pass, and you're like, oh, and you kind of cringe when you hear them say the the play was blown dead for on, on a two line two pass. line pass. Oh, horrible! Yeah, horrible. Back, back in the old days, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, what favorite hockey movie? Well, you know, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, Slapshot is just an amazing piece of writing and, and it's, uh, it's so timely. It really reflected that time. And you know, I was a kid of the 70s. So it kind of, uh, it takes me back to when I was a hockey fan, you know, where they filmed that in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. You know, I, I was born in Pittsburgh. I always lived around Pittsburgh and my dad would take us to Penguin games, certainly a couple of times a year. Um, but I remember we went to a game in Johnstown, the Johnstown Jets. Well, where they filmed Slapshot. And I just wow. remember, and there was, sure enough, there was a bench clearing brawl. I'll never forget the <laughs> image. I'll forget the image of this guy. He looked like George Washington on the ice, like literally, like, you know, the $1 bill, but he was probably 37. But, you know, back in the <laughs> 37 year olds who went prematurely gray, they literally looked 70 years old. I just remember him just pinning this guy down, just feeding just him. It's like a young kid. It was a Cub Scout. My brother was, my older brother was in the Cub Scouts. I never was, but he was. So I would just kind of tag along their field trips. So I went to this game in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So that was, so that, that's an interesting slap shot connection for me. Okay. But yeah, that's, I'm um, certainly, I, I think that movie with the, uh, you know, just how it reflects the time. Certainly Miracle was really cool. I thought they did a great job and, 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 you know, did really well, but, but I lived through that. I saw it. I was, you know, I was 14 years old watching, those Olympics uh, in Ohio. And so it's, you know, and read a lot of books on it. So, but still they did a good job, uh, even despite all that, knowing the ending, knowing what's going to happen, but obviously bringing characters to like, again, I, I know a lot of the care. I know, I know Mike Ruzioni, like in real life, you know, like I know, I know all these people and I've met them. So it, it's tough to really, you know, to, to compare that to a slap shot. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we were also discussing a couple of weeks ago, we were trying to figure out if there had ever been a guy to win the heart and his team missed the playoffs this year it could have could potentially happen with Connor mcdavid uh, although i don't i don't think i see edmonton missing the playoffs um mm. can Connor mcdavid lead in every statistical category with goals assists points and his team missed a playoff and still win the heart can that yes happen? yeah i think so has it happened I, that's a good question i should know that um we haven't we, we I, went I, back and we couldn't find anybody to do it yeah, I doubt it's happened. But yeah, I think because he is such a large lead, and I don't think it, unless obviously unless he were to miss some games, I just can't. And, and if somebody else maybe exploded, you know, if David Pasternak just went nuts and suddenly scored 70 goals and the Bruins had the best record and McDavid missed the playoffs, you know, that's possible. But um, but, you know, I had a vote for the first time last year with all the major awards, which was pretty nice. cool. I, I'd never never had a vote before and I you know as I looked at the MVP I know some people were fishing Shesterkin out there and I think he got a couple first place votes and obviously Austin Matthews had a big year but I just told myself I am not going to be the guy when we look back <laughs> at hockey at hockeyreference.com 20 years from now and realize why did Connor McDavid win three MVPs I mean he was the best player every year by far and he was good enough last year I'm voting for Connor McDavid I want that on my record <laughs> so I, I don't nice. know if I'm going to get but again, this year, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I voted for Connor McDavid last year just because I feel like, man, some of these great athletes, you know, when we go back and look at how many MVPs they won, it's like, why did they only win one or two or three? That's not right. He, he, right. he was the best player in his sport for 10 years. Hmm. You know, maybe the time didn't work out with his team and some guy had this, you know, crazy year or whatever. And, and he got, you know, and he got it. But, you know, like someone like when. Like when Taylor Hall won the MVP, I'm not sure if he that was really, but you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. They were good. And then you get a conversation and a vibe and suddenly someone wins an MVP. And uh, that, I think that happens a lot of the time. So yeah, I, I would, if I get a vote again this year and they don't make the playoffs, that will be interesting, but I think I'd probably vote for him again.
You, okay. you mean you don't want to be the one guy who didn't get <laughs> in the Hall of Fame? You don't want to be that one guy? Right. All right, good. Yeah, or the guy who ended up, you know, Pedro Martinez in his top 10. <laughs> he didn't win MVP. Things like that. It's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this the right way because this lives forever. Yeah. So the majority of us really like our foods, and, and most of us are Italian. Your three t- your top three chicken farms. Wow. Well, certainly the north end of Boston, uh, this place called Cataracci's. It's a, it was with my son during COVID. It was an outdoor um, sidewalk situation, summer, beautiful night. And I actually I took a picture of it and, and, and I would tweet it to people and they recommend where in Boston to get one. It was just absolutely phenomenal. And Ray Bork, just two restaurants to the right there on Hanover Street in the north end, has a, an amazing veal chop the size of, you know, Pat Quinn's head. Oh, um, the late That's Pat big. Quinn had a giant melon. And uh, this thing is, you know, it, it's off the charts good. And then, you know, the third place would be mine that I make. You know, I, I'll get my bronze medal anytime I make it. Absolutely. You know, I see a lot of pictures that people send you of theirs. Do, have you ever posted a picture of yours? You know, I don't know. I, I think I have back in the day, but uh, I need to do that again. You're right. Make it maybe make it my avatar. So uh, I need to step up and <laughs> yeah, and, and do that again. I will soon. <laughs> All right. So before we, before we get to the silly questions, we're going to go uh, team by team. Billy's going to uh, start off sure. with the uh, with a couple questions about the Penguins. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, uh, well, my first one you kind of touched on already when we were going around the room, seeing whose team was going to win the Cup first, and I don't think the Penguins were very high up there. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, that after they've been out of the playoffs, uh, in the, in the first round for four years in a row, and then they had yeah. the, the, fr- the free agency situation with Malkin and Latang and, and they brought him back. It, it kind of spoke to me saying the Penguins were okay with the status quo of trying to make the playoffs with these guys and trying to build that legacy of like almost two decades of them making the playoffs, but pretty much saying, yeah, we know we're not going to, we're not going to do much when we get there. Um, but what do you think? Do you think there's any window open for this core group, uh, at this point? Yeah, I, I just can't imagine unless someone unexpectedly pops, you know, to get a prospect that just suddenly becomes, you know, like a David Pasternak again, going back to a guy who was picked late first round and then suddenly becomes an MVP guy. You know, that wasn't expected or he would have gone top three, you know. And so if, if you hit on it, you know, Brad Marchand was a third round pick and Kucherov was a second round pick. So, you know, one, one of these kids they took in the last couple of years, you know, it's, of course, they trade their first rounders. But so if some second or third rounder, you know, Braden Point was a third rounder, suddenly pops. Okay. And then they get the right free agent, create the cap room where some guy comes in who maybe wants to play with Sid or something, an older guy who might take less. So it's going to be something like that, I think, like some sort of really intricate, you know, uh, a bit of ingredients uh, as you make a, a, a dish like we just talked about. It's going to have to, everything's just got to come together perfectly, I think, mm-hmm. for it to work out. I just don't see otherwise how they're going to do it as these guys get older every year. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. It's and you know I I feel great watching those guys. Uh, you know I feel I feel privileged that I got to watch them for so long. Yeah, but again, it's yeah. like like I was a yeah I, I was a big Celtics fan in the '80s, and it reached a point where Bird's back was gone and Parrish was getting older. McHale played on the broken foot in '87, so he was never the same. And yeah, and Dave Gavitt came in. They hired him, the guy who started the Big East. It's like, all right, do I trade these guys? I can't trade these guys. So, but so they knew they would just slowly fade, like they did, and took them, you know, until twenty years later to win again with KG and those guys. You know, right. so that's what the Panthers. They remind me of those Celtics teams. Um, they both won three championships. Celtics won three, yeah, 81, 84, 86. And of course, the, the, the Penguins got their three. So I, I think if I still wrote a column, that would actually be a that's good a great yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. You know, right. 
Bert, Bert is kind of Sid. Um, Mikhail is like Malkin, who's just an unbelievable player who would have been fine on his own. And I guess Parrish would kind of be like Latang. That I don't know if Latang Latang probably won't make the Hall of Fame. Parrish did, but he was that guy, obviously very good and um, and aging the best of the three. Like you know, Parrish aged the best. He played till he was forty-two for like four more teams. And Latang is actually had a great year last year. Yeah. Is in really good shape. Of course, this year with the stroke and his dad passing, it's kind of a lost year. But I still think that he's a good. I mean, he's obviously their best defenseman. And that's yeah. again, he shouldn't be this age. And that's again, that that speaks to the Penguins, their best forward and their best defensemen are guys who are in their mid to late mid thirties. And that's uh, it's, it's a young man's game, like the NFL man. It's speed, and, they, and they, those guys need to be carried by somebody else now, yeah. like Pasha is carrying Bergeron and and Martian, because you know, that's why their window has been extended because of Pasternak's unexpected superstar status they did not expect that so you need to be surprised at this point to get up there again like point like point and kucherov surprised you know kucherov's a hall of famer point might be that's how good his early resume is of course headman's in he was a first pick overall yeah. and uh and uh, and stamkos first pick overall he's a hall of famer and then vasilevsky they take in the first round which is you know, i don't know why people don't take more goalies in the first round i never understood that's the most important position it's almost like the quarterback in the nfl but those guys take a quarterback every year you got to give it a shot in case you hit you know yeah and even patrick mahomes when, when the chiefs took mahomes like well we got alex smith but he is a good quarterback you never know no one thought he'd be this they thought he'd be good yeah. but so that's why why don't i don't know why more teams don't take the best goalie on the board especially if you have two picks um but they don't and then, and then they just go fishing for him uh so my my last uh penguins related question for you um yep. this could be a quick one uh knowing what you know right now uh if you were able to go back in time uh and pick either crosby or ovechkin to start your team well which guy would mm. you pick yeah, it's, it's definitely Crosby. Um, in fact, his position being a center, um, what turned out to be his commitment to the game, although Ovechkin has a great commitment to the game, too. He loves the game. That's why he has scored so much. He has a high enthusiasm. He has a body built for time, obviously. Go back to, you know, compare another basketball analogy, LeBron James, you know, same thing, just doesn't get hurt. That's why James is going to break Abdul-Jabbar's record uh, next month, and it's why Ovechkin is going to break Gretzky's record in two years. So guys who just have a body that never breaks down. It's like, you know, it's like they're like a Volvo. You know, they never go away. They're just, you got them forever once you get one. So, yeah, I think Sid's the right, obviously he's three to one Stanley Cup. But, you know, again, Sid was lucky to get Gino the next year and Ovi never got that right. other guy. So that's, it was such a luxury for Bird to get Mikhail, for Crosby to get, <laughs> to, oh, to get Gino. For, for Wayne to have Messier, you know, same thing. So you, you, you got to get lucky in that situation. And uh, so, you know, but in, in the end, Sid has been the, the generation's face for the, his commitment to the game, his complete um, maniacal fitness and improvement and uh, and love of the game. And, and uh, so he'd be the guy. I love that answer. I love Ovi too, in, in my own way, yeah, but <laughs> I love that answer. I like, I like him too, yeah. Ovi's such a throwback, though. You don't, you don't find players like him who play the physical game, score the goals, get in those dirty areas, and just kill it on the power play. It's like Gretzky. You knew he was going behind the net to make those passes and be in his office, and Ovetsky yeah. just sets up on the circles, and it's just you can't stop it. It's, no, he's a technique. I mean, great, great genetics. His mom was obviously an Olympic gold medalist basketball player. His dad was strong. So he's great genetics. And plus, his parents were – you know, as they say, especially hockey, I, that's why I always talk about youth hockey, why kids tend to be very good kids with good manners and uh, and great characters, because 
well, one, they came from two parents because you need that in hockey. You just, you need, you need, it, it's two, you know, you need two against one mm-hmm. for a game of time demanding, cost demanding. And so, and then those parents just, you know, they just fostered him and they, they taught him, you know, we see that's why GMs like ex athletes, sons or daughters on their teams, because they grew up with the game, they get the nuance. And so to have an Olympic mom and this dad, and then of course, when he came to the States, they moved with him. They've always lived with him. So, you know, he's always had that support, that family unit support. And so did Sid, you know, Sid had his parents right nearby in Nova Scotia, you know, to very close, you know, close to Pennsylvania, not a long way. So, so the, it, it just kind of continues a lot of the times for these hockey guys um, to get that support from a family. And because it, it's just, like I said, it, it's a expensive sport. It requires early mornings, cold, like so many boxes, you know, that a parent would say, I don't want to do this. There's a lot of those to check. <laughs> and, and, yet they, and yet we still did them, you know? And so that usually turns out a kid who sees a parent, sacrifice so they see that example it's 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 unspoken you don't have to even think about it it becomes innate that you that you do that that you carry a bag and that you do it to the next generation that you have good manners and you're very respectful and you're a good teammate you sacrifice you block shots like see zach parisi i mentioned on the broadcast the other night islanders um is uh, he's made 109 million dollars in his career he's playing for the league minimum this year and he's uh, you know, he's blocking shots with his team winning, you know, three, nothing the other night against Detroit. He's like, what's he doing? That's not normal. You know, that shows, that shows how much he wants to win the cup and wants to make the playoffs. And, and, and I, it's going to be curious to see the Islanders. I actually thought they might trade him to to a a top level team, a Tampa Bay, a Boston, because he'd be a good fourth line depth guy, do anything to win, play for him. But obviously with the Isles getting Horvat, they're probably thinking, no, we, we want to make the playoffs now. So we want that. We want to keep all right, we're gonna switch. Uh, we're gonna switch teams, and we're gonna to go to the Rangers here. Uh, yeah. So there's been plenty of discussion on this podcast about the Rangers developing young players. You see Heedle, you see Kako, you see some of the guys that they have traded away. But what do the Rangers have to do as an organization or organization um, to mm-hmm. get better at developing these young, particularly forwards, uh, to play better or play up to their potential? Yeah, yeah, well, they, they might be doing all the right things. Like they might be, it's just because you are kind of caught in the middle where a team that's trying to win now because they have Panera and, and Zibanejad and Kreider, uh, guys who are older and expect to win. And they have an elite goaltender. So that always gives you hope that, geez, maybe we can do it. We're not that far away because we got that guy, you know, and where the Penguins have Christian Jari. Now, if the Penguins had the Igor Shosturkin, their whole attitude changes like we can still win the cup with this older team because we got that guy back there mm. and so that guy that's so maybe these players are going to be as good as they would be no matter where they went no matter how they were developed even though you know going up and down you know maybe you know gerard galan is, is is a different cat and maybe he's not the ultimate player developer i don't know um but you know i i think they are who they are and they're gonna they're slowly getting better kako's starting to find his way but you know kako is not a great skater so he's not going to fly around like jack hughes and yes, for Brad, he's got to do it a different way. So he's got to gain experience, and he's doing that. He had a great shift the other night. I like him. I think he's he's got he's. I think he has something about him. He plays almost plays like an older player with his speed, he, and you can play that way. You don't have to. Not everyone has to be a burner to be effective, and that's so they have to wait for him to get those things. He, he's not doing it with his speed only because he doesn't quite have that game. So he's got to do it with all the other little things, make the right decision, have a great feel for the game, great hockey sense, and 
And Lafreniere, you know, maybe he is just a third line banging winger who can just go up and down the ice, pest a little bit, you know, uh, maybe fight once a year, get a Tom, almost like a little Tom Wilson, maybe a bigger Brad Marchand and a, and, a, and a smaller Tom Wilson where he just kind of plays that role. And that's fine. But when you take him first overall, there's so many expectations he has, they have, and they think it's a failure if, if he becomes this 12-year pro, as it turns out, um, who's going to maybe still get 20, 25 goals and just be a pest and be, and maybe end up being a penalty killer, like all kinds of things could happen. So, and I think with Chris Drury at the helm, he's so smart and he knows what to do. He's not going to feel the pressure. He, he didn't feel pressure when he won the little league world series, you know, as a 12 year old pitcher. So he, he's the perfect guy. He can convince, I think these people um, to, to, to slot these guys where they should be. And then, you know, and then add the right guy at the deadline. Cause you know, I think they are one or two players away uh, they are relying on young D to try to step up and, you know, they can't be bad for a couple of weeks. You know, Keandre Miller can't afford to slump in their postseason like he did earlier in the year. He can't do it. So there is the pressure on it, but you know, he, he has time to get better three months from now. He could be a significantly better player because he's so young. Young people can make big leaps where the older player just really won't. They have to try to get hot. So, so I, I still feel, I still feel pretty good about the Rangers. Um, if they can tweak and these young guys still have, like I said, they have three months to get better. Um, before the playoffs start and so um, keep finding their way and then Shesterkin just has to go on another heater and then and go from there so we'll see about the Rangers but I, I still think they're uh, you know that the tier below Tampa Carolina Boston they're like right there like they're knocking at that door so at Adam Fox uh, has already won a Norris trophy uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, the guy's jersey that's hanging behind me and Brian Leach uh, mm-hmm. He won when he won the Norris. He actually cost me two Butchie Gross T-shirts. Uh, I <laughs> you. Um, does he win a heart one day? You know what's and and you know further to that, what's his ceiling? Yeah, I don't think he wins a heart uh, because he's not. You know, he's not the skater Leach was. He's not doesn't skate like Paul Coffey. He doesn't skate like these. You know, Cal McCarr. He does it differently. Just obviously a Mensa hockey mind for sure. Uh, but, you know, he's not a big power play threat. I'm surprised he doesn't score more power play goals. Um, I think he had none last year in the regular season. Like, that's, how, how's that even happen? You know, the way he gets shots through, you think some would deflect. Yeah, I'm sure, And I'm sure he'll have a couple of years where everything goes in for him and he has like eight or nine because he's so good at saucing the puck softly towards the net looking for direct, uh, redirection. So I just think he lacks that turbo Corvette engine over 82 games to put up real massive numbers now again it could all go right you know i mean a former ranger defenseman he actually kind of reminds me of brad park back Mm -hmm. in the day where if there wasn't a if there wasn't a bobby Orr, brad park would have won five norris trophies that's how good he was you know not a great skater but just elite hockey mind just absolutely brilliant and that's what fox is he's absolutely brilliant so certainly um again it's hard to win these trophies i've said this uh, last year, like we should have two sets of trophies. There's too many teams. There's 32 teams. We give out one Norris one, trophy. Right. Right. I mean, baseball gets two Cy Youngs, two MVPs, two everything. And that's because, as we know, um, that there were two distinctive leagues who didn't play who didn't play each other, you know, until the 90s. So that's why they did that. But now, once they did start to play each other and have interleague play, they still give they out two MVPs. Yeah. Because you, because you predominantly play the people in your conference league in baseball, conference and every other sport. So <laughs> we need to give out two because Adam Fox might never win another one. Like Kale McCarr might win two, and Hadman might win another one. So we're not giving out enough awards. I I, I agree with that, and, and we we have talked about you know other awards, maybe a defensive defenseman award or, or, or yep. something to that effect for sure. Um, so last last one for me. 
you know, the, there's been big discussions all season and it seems to be centered around Patrick Kane and adjusting your roster and, and making sure you have cap room at the trade deadline for, for a Patrick Kane type player. Are they better off going all in and betting the farm <laughs> on one guy or trying to break it out and getting your, your seventh defenseman, getting a, a, a second and maybe fourth line player to, to increase your depth. Are they, but which route are they better off going to? Yeah, I don't think Kane's a fit. He doesn't play any defense. He plays Panarin's position on the power play, and you can't you can't change that, you know. Because no. Benajad's on the other side. He, he Patrick Kane has to be traded to a team where he's on the first power play unit. I don't, and uh, maybe he would, play, you know, do the second unit because same thing with Colorado. That's Miko Ranton's position. You know, he's not gonna Miko Ranton's not gonna go anywhere else in there. He's the that guy's an elite superstar, MVP candidate this year. So, yeah, I, I just but I do think in the end though, Colorado is the place for Kane where he plays down the lineup, uh, occasional power play time, depth if someone gets hurt, um, doesn't have to carry the, the mail there that much, can go down there in the third line, play like with New Hook and maybe somebody else and some guy who can really shoot it and, and elevate them. But, um, you know, so I just – I don't think Kane and the Rangers is a fit. I, I just – I don't see that. Um, he, he doesn't shoot as much anymore. He's not a goal scorer anymore. He's, you know, he's pretty much a disher. And so I guess if they see someone who they think he can elevate on their team as a goal scorer, but again, I don't even see that, you know, the, the top line's the top line and, and they are who they are. I just don't see someone who he could make like an Alex to bring it and what he did for Panarin in Chicago and what he did for to bring it, you know, making them 40 goal scores, 30, 30 goal scores. I don't see that if I can identify a guy in the Rangers or if they put him on that line, he would do that. But again, maybe those young guys, maybe they do think he could do that. I mean, that's what Chris Jury thinks. You know, if we put him with, with that, with those guys, I think that will work. So, to answer your question, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the right thing, Chris. And again, you can't control things because you know maybe they won't, maybe they like Bo Horvat and think he was the guy, but now he's not there. So then, like, where do you go? So obviously, I'm sure they have a big whiteboard and these are our <laughs> options. And do we do anything? So, it will be interesting to see for that for that uh, that trade deadline. But I don't think Patrick Kane's the guy. Yeah, but who saw Frank Vetrano last year? I didn't see Frank Vetrano coming to the Rangers and making the as big as impact as he did in last year. Right. Playoffs. And so and I, might, I'm, I'm praying and they might get, he's got something yeah, like that. Right. And they might get him back again because, you know, Anaheim will move him. And oh, um, so the, Pat Verbeek is going to move a lot of people. And so he'll be available for anybody. So, yeah, they, and, and since he's been there, that's, you know, they, he's comfortable. We know what he can do. So they might just go get him again. So, uh uh, so, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what Drury does. It, it, he's impossible to read. He's a lot like Lou Lamarillo, you know, comes out of nowhere. So you just don't know with Chris. Speaking of Lou, that's a wonderful transition, man. Uh, speaking Have you of done Lou this Lamarillo, before? <laughs> let's, uh, let's shift our question over to the, uh, to the Icelanders. Yeah, so uh, obviously my day and questions all got changed today based on what oh. happened. Um, you know, so originally my question was going to be around, you know, do they have to make that move, that big move to go get a piece to try and get them into playoffs? Now that question is, is Bo Horvat the guy that gets them into the playoffs? Um, you know, subtracting Anthony Bavillier, Atiratu, who was really just, you know, AHL and NHL right now prospect yeah. Yeah. kind of player. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, so that's the question, really. Is he the guy that gets them yeah. into the playoffs? 
I think, you know, I think there's certainly kind of because of the goalie and because you know, we talked about Pittsburgh, we began this talking about Pittsburgh, that I'm sure that's the team they're eyeballing. OK, if we get Bo Horvat, we have a better goalie than they do. Now we get Horvat up the middle. You know, he's a guy. He's a shooter. You know, he's not he, he kind of plays with blinders a little bit. He, does, he doesn't make wingers better. But that's why I think if you put him with Barzell, you put Barzell in the wing. Barzell will make him better because he likes to pass and Horvat likes to shoot. So that's perfect. Um, so I think that's the play for them. And then obviously Nelson centers the second line and Pajot can center the third line, the great face-off guy, and you can move him around if you need a face-off. And um, so, yeah, so I, I just think they're kind of set up now. Now, again, do they keep Zizekas on the wing? Does he go down the, you know, back to his fourth line spot? Um, so they got options. Lane Lambert has options now. And, um, you, know, I'm, you know, their defense is still not a dynamic defense that so they need Dobson obviously to be healthy and, and, to, and go and he, he can in the power play especially so Horvat um I think that's the you know that's he's the exact guy they needed if they're going to get anybody and have a chance because he can score he plays the middle he's got a thick body too he's a big body guy so he'll be good he should be good in the playoffs and um and so and Lou made the move and I think in the end he didn't give up a lot he basically only gave up you know the really the mid-level you know, the, the draft pick which if they make the playoffs you know, is going to be, you know, what, four, you know, it can't be any worse than 14 or so. Right. So, um, so, you know, and that's fine. You know, you know, you don't, although it's going to be a very good draft. Um, right. But still, you know, he needs the guy. He needs, he needs to sign him, which I'm sure he's, he's going to try. You know, have to, might have to overpay him a bit. But, uh, you know, they got to keep him. And you know, he's a young guy who can play for five, six more years. And, you know, the Bavillier was just, he was stale. Same, you know, they got like six guys like him and they got to move all of them, really. They got, <laughs> yep. They got to they got to reinvent their team, right? And um, it's tough with some of those contracts. You got to get paid Bailey another year at five billion. You know, it's like oh, but they're getting there with those guys that they keep around for a long time. That's one of the cool things about the Islanders. They're there their whole career. You know, Nelson and and Bovillier and you know, they, they, they've been there the whole time. So they get identification with the fans. But they reach a point now. I think we can see it's time to kind of regenerate and and start and Horvath's a good first step. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm pretty sure that you've been listening to our podcast for quite some time because you've been just nailing the things I've been talking about, which uh, <laughs> usually these guys just make fun before. So I appreciate that. Right. Um, you bet. So uh, one of the things that I've actually been talking about the last few weeks, I've been kind of thinking this is really the direction where the team's got to go is putting my Barzal on the wing. Um, yeah, because just to, he's not great at faceoffs. The team is pretty good all around minus Barzal. He's been in a down year, but even before that, he wasn't really above like 42%, you know, 43% uh, on the faceoffs. And defensively, he's okay. He's just an okay kind of defensive player. He's not really that great, that bad, but like you really want a top center to be able to, to do both ways, go both ways and really, you know, solidify that down the middle. So right. is this is this kind of the the move now? Is, it, is he going? I mean, he's, you know, going to make nine million starting next year i think the way i i know i know matthew a little bit i like him he's 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 kind of a, he's a he's an interesting guy he's a flighty kind of personality but he's fun and um i saw him at the players tour out there in vegas where they all fly there and we get to interview a bunch of people helps us with content for the whole year and he came up to me and he says well the first thing he says was john McEnroe," like he legitimately <laughs> thought of john McEnroe. and <laughs> And then he realized, I go, John Macron, he's like 70. <laughs> and, 
And then eventually he's because you know maybe it was he may be a little jet lag, but I think he legitimately thought I was John McEnroe. Wow. And then after he realized it was me, he goes, oh, I grew up playing the Bucci overtime challenge. You know, and it, it, that makes sense. I started that thing 12 years ago. He would have been like 13 years old. So it's kind of cool. Wow. I have this, I have this weird connection with these guys, these guys in their prime now, the guys in their early 20s. But um, I think I can see him, you, you know, the, the dude in baseball who has to play shortstop, oh, like Derek Jeter, right? Some, shortstop's one of those glamorous positions. Obviously, I just think Matthew looks at himself like as a center ice. Mm. He can go where he wants to go. He can stay in motion. Doesn't have to stop on the wall and get away from the wall. Um, so I don't know. I think that that might be a, my sense is he would go there begrudgingly he goes kicking and screaming almost so we'll see but again Patrick Kane was is it was an amazing winger who could protect himself on the wall didn't take a beating um you know Matthew would probably have to figure it out I'm sure he's played center his whole life he's always been the best player on his team since he was probably seven so you know um yeah but I do think he could really thrive there um, um as a winger you know I thought Jack Hughes might have to go to the wing because he's so small and if these injuries keep happening every year he may need to protect himself a little bit and um and just hang up by the blue line and gives him a chance to break out like Kane. He can right. but, but I don't but Jack's made a little Jack looks pretty good. He's made a little bit of an adjustment, looks better at center this year. I still think maybe the jury's out. We'll see if they can stay healthy, play in the middle. But um, yeah, I I I, I would try it, but again, I think it might be it might be tough to get Matthew to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. It'll be they have a lot of options. We'll see what what, what sticks. Um last yep. question is really around um, you know, around Lula Merlot. Um, yeah. So this is the fourth year now in a row we've traded our first round pick for for help for the playoffs. So yep. does Lou find himself in the hot seat at this point? You know, he might. But you know, Horvat isn't your conventional like he was traded to sign. So you that's when you like with the Bruins traded their number one last year and a two I think to get Hampus Lindholm, but they signed him and locked him up and now they have like a really good player at six million, six and a half million. That was such a steal for Boston to get him. So as long as you can sign the guy, then you trade the one every time because the the, the guy at twelve or fourteen will likely never be as good as Bo Horvat. He might be, but probably oh. not. Now that we especially if Horvat continues this production that he's done this year could be a one-time thing, but you know, likely he's a made man. And so you, you get the pro he's a pro hockey player. And he's going to be good for five to six more years. So you trade that one every time. And Bavillier is just a guy. I think Ratu is probably going to be just a guy. Um, you know, he could be a good bottom six guy he plays for 10 years. He was a second, first round projection, went in the second round and you know, I you know, had his game the other night and he, he looks like he's a real player. He could figure it out. Didn't play much because there were so many power plays and stuff, but, right. and so, yeah, I, I think it was a it was a, it was the right trade to make. They didn't give up too much, and especially like I said, if Horvat signs and then continues to become like this good thirty to forty goal guy as a center, that'd be great. That'd be great. So what, anything what, anything yeah. to get rid of Anthony Bavillier. He was a Ranger killer for way too long. So. <laughs> so, you're so selfish. You are I, so I, selfish. Listen, I, I am selfish really in is. every really sense of the, of the word. And listen, no more Ranger Islander games for the rest of the year. So that that's great for the uh, for yeah. the NHL schedule. Uh, yeah, last right. but certainly not least, we'll go Damn to Street with the Devils. John, I'm sure you remember me because about ten years ago, I bought a Butchergrass shirt from you and sent you some Counting Crows bootlegs with my payment. So I'm sure you remember yeah. me. Yes, I do. Yes, I um, do. I love the Crows. <laughs> or Counting Crows. Count, just not the, right. Like exactly. you too. Yeah, the, you, not the you too. You too. Right. Yeah. Um, is there a trade market for Damon Severson? He was on a last year of his deal, and they're going to have Hughes coming up. They're going to have Nemich coming up. 
So yep. he's probably on his way out. Is is there yep. a need for him on other teams? Oh yeah. Anytime you get a right-handed shot with some offense, there's a need. I talked, I talked to a GM a couple of weeks ago who asked me about him and we talked about him and um, the price is really high right now, okay. but, um, but, I, but I was told that Tom Fitzgerald does not want draft picks for Damon mm-hmm. Severson. He wants a player. He wants okay. a real player. Like they're in it to win it. And he's not going to trade him. Now, now if no one offers him anything. He maybe he ends up going for a one, but he doesn't really want a one. Like he wants a, an adult to play now and help and help the team now, you know, because it, that's how he looks at this team. They're ready to go. The age of Hughes and he sure. And like I said, the young guys coming up, they don't need another 18 year old. You know, right. you don't win with 18 year olds. And so he would prefer, um, you know, a good play. And he could get a good forward for a guy like Severson, especially if it is a trade and sign. Like if, if you get to the agent, Hey, this team wants you is, you know, is, is six and a half times eight. Is that good? enough for you to sign did we send you there yeah okay then 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 okay and then we'll give you that guy much like you know lou gave up the one because he had to have a nod nod wink wink right that horvat would take eight years times nine million or you know whatever their agreed upon number is um i'm sure they'd rather not pay more than barzell but they might have to you know they might have to go nine two or something so but i my guess is whatever his market is um whether it's eight 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 nine nine oh I would think, and obviously you want the trade, then you get the eighth year. And that's what it, it behooves Horvat to do that because he gets mm-hmm. the eighth year now. If he becomes UFA, he only gets seven. It's, it's going to cost right. him, it's cost $9 million, whatever his number is, right? Because nine, you know, nine, eight years from now, he's, he's 35 years old. He ain't making Nobody's. $9 million if his deal ends as a 34 year old. Nope. Whatever that one year deal is, it, it might, it could be 1 million. It could be 750, mm-hmm. like a lot of these vets. Take like Derek Stepan, yep. Stepan made great, great money all those years in New York. Now he's a 750 guy. If he wants to play hockey in the NHL, he has to take 750 or, you know, Maroon at a million, Perry a million, Belmar. That, that, it's a, you know, it, once Marie, you reset like age, you hey, thanks. Right. Yeah. You want 750 or uh, to, to a million, then that's what you're going to get. So get traded, take the eighth year. Cause in the end, that's real. Now again, that's so much money, seven years for eight, nine million a year. So, right because you want to go play where you want to go play. Of course, I would do that every time. Um, so, but, you know, Long Island is a great place to, to be in the summer and it's a great rink. It's a beautiful rink. It's like a, a great history. So I don't see why he wouldn't just take the eight years there. So, but for, for Steverson, same thing, I think. Uh, and, uh, and he could go to a good team. I think they'd trade him out in the West, you know, but he could go to a good team for a sign and trade and they could get, like I said, a top nine well, just forward. To, just to build on that. So do you see him going maybe to San Jose with a couple other pieces for Timo Meyer. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, San Jose seems to really want to strip it down. I don't know if they'd want to keep Severson um, for where they are, you know? Um, Cause I know they're, you know, they're obviously going to try to trade Carlson. What will teams make them eat of that contract? How does that make sense for them? Long-term cap. Yeah. San Jose. I almost look at a team like Dallas or someone like okay. that, where he could like, he could help them right away and beyond this year, you know, they had Klingberg and they let him go because they couldn't agree to a contract. Well, maybe Severson would take the contract. They were going to give Klingberg, you know, uh, a team like that, you know, could St. Louis look to reconstructure their D they, they, they pay their D a lot already. So it'd be hard. Pareko's overpaid now and Krug makes a lot. And so that might not quite, but you know, play, you know, Minnesota, could they somehow slot him in if they trade some stuff? could be like a salary for salary trade. Right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they, 
maybe they keep him going forward because they feel like if we want to get that next level, we need a guy like him, a, a right-handed shot power play guy. We don't really have that. We're kind of small with Dumba and, and over here. So, yeah, so I, I think that's what that trade will look like. He's going to go to a decent team, I think, for a real player. Okay, and just because it's all over Devil's Twitter, what is what do you think the market is for, for a, a Timo Meyer? Do you think this Horvat deal nope. sets the market as at at a young yeah. a young player a first? I do. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. I think the Horvat trade about sets the market for Meyer, which is obviously a number one, um, a prospect. You know, a definite, like you said, Holtz. AHL. You know, um, definitely. I mean, I would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I. You know, okay. he's, I think he's. They they're not going to need him over the next seven years. I don't. You know what I mean? They'll be able right. to find that need, whatever it is, with what they have. And with um, with a future free at UFA, you know, whatever that is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in three years if they get Johnny Gaudreau. Like, you know, I, I always thought when he signed in Columbus, he'd be either like, see how it goes. Once it starts to go south, which right. already has. And then if it stays there, because, you know, you know, obviously there's so many injuries. But when they get Rowenski back, everybody back. Um, it's not going to be that much better. So he might realize, you know what? And then Columbus is like, well, we don't want to. It makes sense for us. Let's trade him back east, either to Philly or New Jersey. You know where where both those right. organizations are. They'll both be in position probably to fit him in. You know, again, maybe Columbus eats two million of the nine. Now he's a seven million dollar player. Well, that works. Right. I could almost so that's why yes. So I would trade hold someone like that um, and a one. And then, like you said, maybe one of their guys, whatever that, you know, maybe another guy on the roster now that mm -hmm. they feel expendable or another American League guy who they drafted last year, who whatever team he's going to likes, right? You pick the two. And okay. we'll, let's, and then, yeah. So I, I do think, um, I do think Meyer is going to get that kind of haul. I think he's, you know, he's a legit 30 to 40 goal oh, scorer. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, and again, when you put him with great players like Jack, Jack Hughes makes people rich, he's going to make people rich. And, right. and, you know, like, I always said Jake Genso has a bigger house. Good player, really good player, but he got right. a bigger house because he played with Sidney Crosby. Brian Ross just, you know, too, right? Yeah, might get him eight more goals a year. So, so the 25 becomes 35. The 30 becomes 40. And that then you have a bigger house. So and Jack Hughes is going to be that guy. So, like, you know, when you trade for a team of Meyer or uh, you know, or someone like that, you realize, well, he's going to be better with us because we're really good. You know? Right. So that so so that's that way you can give more than maybe the fans says, well, we gave up a lot to get him. Well, you you know, you do that. And the thing, you know, even though know, the Bruins stole Taylor Hall from Buffalo, but you know, the Buffalo didn't have any kind of but then they signed him, you right. know, and so that became an amazing trade. Now again, that now back to the Bruins that extend that expand their window even a couple more years because now they get more more help. So yeah, I I do see the market like that. And um, but you know, that maybe that could be a three-team thing where Severson then goes somewhere else. So okay. San Jose gets you know, I mean, a younger guy. I just don't know if he like he's ready to go now. Steverson is like a real good player, and I just don't think San Jose wants to be good for like right. three years. Okay, interesting. All right, Tom, rapid yeah. fire time. Okay. Uh, well, listen, you said Damon Severson in Minnesota. It's almost like Damon Severson was is meant to go to Minnesota now. That's all I can think about. Some players have that vibe, whether yeah. a name or like he fits there. You know. Yes. Man. All right. So we're going to, we have some show debates. So we, we want your take on these. All uh, right. Pop tarts toasted or not toasted. Yeah. I eat, I, I eat them raw strawberry. <sighs> rather. Right. At least right. eat strawberry for you, Tom. Nestle quick chocolate or strawberry. Yeah. I'm chocolate again all the time. Yes. Uh, I just yes. have I just had it two days ago, driving home to Connecticut here in Massachusetts. He's, oh. He said, oh, perfect. 
I'll get myself chocolate milk. Yeah. I, I had a, I'll, get, I had the, I'll, get, I'll get the strawberry next time and I'll, I'll see, uh, you know, maybe, hey, it could change. You'll think <laughs> All right, good. Over a long life. John, real, real men drink pink, John. Real men drink All pink. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, mac and cheese, Velveeta or Kraft? You know, but, you know I, well, that's good. I, I don't know if I could really tell the difference. I sh- you know, Velveeta sounds cheesier. I've, I grew up with Kraft and loved it. But right. is Velveeta cheesier? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, oh, yeah. Pouch, creamy, cheesy, powder. Like, it's a like it's a, a liquid baked, mix like a, instead of a powder. Yeah, yeah, like a almost like a baked ziti kind of thing. Yes. Right? But yeah, I'm sure they're, they're both glorious. But but I I, I, probably, <laughs> I I can't quite picture the Velveeta. You're right. They're both glorious. Taylor ham or pork roll? What was that? Taylor, do you call Ooh. it Taylor ham or pork roll? Or, or do you not know. call it at all anything because you you're from New England? This is a specifically yeah. New uh, Jersey, a Jersey thing. Question. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not aware of Taylor. Taylor Hall, Taylor, and, um, but yeah, I'm not, not aware of that. All right, uh, all right. Next time you're next time you go to a game at the Rock and you wake up get for breakfast that. in the morning, get a Taylor ham sandwich or a Taylor ham and a hard roll. There you go. Okay. Or a Taylor I'd probably ham go. And egg. I, I'm not a bit not a big ham fan. I did have chip chopped ham when I was a kid growing up near Pittsburgh. My mom made ham and mustard sandwiches for my yeah. for my pack for my for my brown bag lunch. So and that was nice. pretty good. But yeah, generally not a ham guy. I love pork. All right. Me too. All right. Couple, couple. Now, these are some weird questions. I hope we don't weird you out too much with this. Uh, would you be, would you be weirded out by a guy who has written down everything he has eaten for the past decade plus and kept it in planners? And not only that, keeps the planners in his closet. It's actually almost twenty years. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. Almost yeah. I, I actually wish. I must admit. I wish I did more journaling in my life. Oh. You know. That, that's a bit extensive i would never do that but <laughs> yeah. but maybe for a year maybe for you want to borrow a planner i knew it was steve it was obvious it was steve <laughs> <laughs> and, and lastly uh, secondary question to that now would you ever eat cereal this way would you pour yourself a bowl of cereal pour in the milk mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. drink the milk first and then eat the cereal. No, no, I wouldn't. No, do that. I mean, Damn it. again, it's Send me my CDs back. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten more bowls of cereal pound for pound, probably than anybody. I mean, I finally gave it up about five years ago, but I probably averaged two bowls of cereal a day for the first 49 years of my life. Like, wow. so I, and I had some quirkies, like when I had crunch berries, I would eat all the crunch uh, all the captain crunch first then do the crunch berries that oh. was one kind of thing I did um but that but other than that no yeah i just uh no i would not do that i enjoyed the combo and then i love drinking that milk at the end like apple jacks milk is the best milk of all time mm-hmm. after you eat the apple jacks that milk is the best ever you know and, and life too i, I really enjoy the, the, the i enjoyed the life as well mikey likes it i got a yeah. i got a question do you have any game day superstitions or rituals uh you know i obviously i love the nap so i do love get make sure i get a little nap get up take a shower and then you know get some sort of energy drink or pre-workout drink to get me going um vitamin shop has one called um atomic war I like to have an atomic war. So I get the nap, I get the shower, and then I'm, I'm going to the rink, you know, I get drained and I just cut that and I start drinking that and it, and it starts going through my veins, all that caffeine and taurine. I, and I, I'm just ready to go. I'm ready for war. I'm literally ready for war. So, and then just, 
do you go to pregame skates? Yeah, go to pregame skates. We get, you know, after the coach talks to the media, we then get it by one-on-one in a room, which is really fun. I like to keep it kind of light and not too much, you know, learn about them. Um, you know, Daryl Sutter last week and just, and get to know him. It's really cool. And, uh, and then sometimes we can go in the room and just kind of, you know, just real quick, just kind of, you know, maybe see, see some guys that guy I want to say hi to or someone who I have a relationship with, just want to talk to him for a bit. So, yeah, morning skates are a great way to and see other media people, too. So it's uh, it, it's really cool. Nice. All right. La- lastly, I called the uh, I called the Empire State Building and they're going to light up the uh, Empire State <laughs> Building in, in the colors for Heidelberg University tonight in the old black, red and orange. Just yeah. for you, John. There you go, right there. That's the. Look uh, at that. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I just got to paint it. It was just the H, but I got the orange around the edge, and they put just a little bit of red, which I really appreciated. So yeah, I love that. Very I nice. appreciate. It. Nice, nice. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your 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 generosity with your time. It was uh, yeah, that was fun. Amazing. Well, I unfortunately uh, with mom, I missed the uh, sequel to Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, uh, from 1991. So you guys interrupted my movie steve, watching that's a steve them. gutenberg classic <laughs> oh just, just imagine steve gutenberg was a star in the 80s that's just that's unbelievable yeah i know those police academy movies man. unbelievable great that's right in police academy too that guy had a, he had a good movies. day he had a run oh, yeah he, he was, run. was that yeah. johnny five what was, was that the guy short circuit short circuit yeah, oh, another great, great and of course Dan, dancing kept going and, and Stellux, you know kept going and uh but but the goot didn't quite Go- keep Go- it going goot never had his run on friends for some reason yeah that, that would have been his spot yeah he would have yeah. he would have become an accumulator hall of famer <laughs> all right john but uh every uh every uh guest that comes on our podcast gets a friends and rivals uh t-shirt so uh, All right. please, if you can uh, respond to the email I sent you with your address, we would love to send you one and your shirt size, please. Got, yeah, youth medium, please. And uh, <laughs> you, can cut, you can cut the sleeves off and then we got ourselves a deal. <laughs> well, there you go. No problem. Any size awesome. you want, not a problem. Very Thanks nice. so much. Thank you. Ladies again, and gentlemen, John. the great John Butchergrass. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, send back, I'll send back the Conning Crow bootlegs if you throw in a one. All right, you got uh, it. <laughs> peace out boys thank you very much thank you sir very much yeah. appreciate it bye-bye man what a holy fucking shit we that was uh, almost in uh, well, type you... 45 boys type 45 boys i was, I was gonna... already holy was shit say. did that just happen that was uh that was amazing <laughs> he was because well he said what 20 30 minutes and i said yeah probably 30 minutes and he does well, an hour yeah, he, yeah. We were asking questions, man. and he just kept—he just—he just went he, for it, man. He he's just so generous. With, it was that was better than I Very could good. have ever expected. And boys, the questions, the camaraderie, the talking, everything—it looked like it looked like we knew what the fuck we were doing. Holy shit! Wow. That's, that's how a professional does it. Holy crap! Couldn't get any better than that. Absolutely. Very generous with his time. Very generous with his time. Um, let's go and uh, do a little friends and rivals the cup, Nick. So I'm, uh, I'm not in last place anymore, am I? Yeah. Have you been you in last place it. for a bit? You could say for it. Oh, I was in last place for the past. Yeah, it was in last probably, place. Probably two weeks. It was. Uh, it was lonely down there. Well, we're back in the. You're not in the. Yeah, you're out of the. the you're in the third spot. You're good. You're finally Woo-hoo! good. Look at this. What is it? Steve matter? doesn't. Some... Steve doesn't look that happy. What does it matter? Ah, too fucking bad. <laughs> well, we're getting we're getting closer to the end here. 
We're going to have the 250 range of games left. If uh, the season ended tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't look like it's going to change the number in terms of first place. This is definitely going to be a, a second, third, fourth race, unfortunately. Um, I'm at 486 points. Uh, Steve's got 433, so I'm up over 50 points, which hasn't changed in months. So I don't think that's going to change much. I think we're really going to focus on the second place victory, you know, for uh, the rest of the season here. In that case, uh, Tom is back about what's uh, seven points from from Tom uh, from Steve. With uh, unfortunately, though, A Steve is seems like eight games. Yeah, uh, more less than you. So that's that's a pretty big. Yeah, you and Tom, you and Bill should be uh, jumping here. You guys yeah, are right there. We're, we're not worried about Steve all that much. Now I think you're gonna leapfrog him in a, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, to be honest, I got the top three teams right now, so it's kind of killing it really uh, for the rest of you guys. Uh, Bruins, uh, Hurricanes, and Leafs, to much to my dismay, uh, John Tavares and the Leafs are currently third in the league in points. Um, Devils right behind the uh, Stars, Tampa Lightning. So Steve's got uh, three of the top eight, ten, three of the top ten, uh, but I've got five of the top ten, which is kind of crushing it. So that's where we are. Not really much change, but. We're getting close to that. I think when we get to that last week in the in the season, I'm really hoping you guys are all like really, really close. And it comes down to like one game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it will. It. I, I I honestly think it will. Um, give us something to push for. Let's uh let's take a ride in the metro. Sponsored by Nestle Quick. Hello, boys and girls. Do you hate the taste of regular milk and need energy? Try Nestle Quick. One sip and you can feel the energy in your muscles. Nestle Quick, now available in chocolate and strawberry. They say the real men drink pink. Then I'm a real man for sure. But if you like the brown, I still love you for who you are. Because it's time for acceptance Of everyone, all preference We're all quick on the inside Anyway Nestle Quick, it does the trick uh, We're going to do a real quick one tonight uh, Penguins were three points, one, one, and one Icelanders four points, two and two on the week. Devils were two and one with four points. Rangers two zero oh and one with five points. There's your metro. And now it's time for trivia with Bill. Yeah. Now this is the wrong Bill. What is the name of the award for the league's best goalie? It's the John Butchergrass Award from now on. Uh, it's, it's it should be, and there should John be two Butcher of them. Award. There and should e- be two everything is going to be the John. Everything is the John Butchergrass Award. I think it'd be better if you called it Chicken Parma or something. Mm. Um, it's the Parmies. The, it's the Dominic Hoshik flop. Ooh, no, that's good. It's uh, it's no. the most valuable waffle board. No, I, I like that. I, I like that better than even the Butchergrass uh, Award. Though. That's that's a fantastic. Oh, uh, it's the Ron Hextall five hole. And, and no, uh, no, it's not. You know, um, I just want to. Do you want me to go is to? It, to is it choice? called the? Is it called the Pelly Lindbergh Award? Ah, uh, too, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh. Definitely. Ah, uh, that's. 
That guy was a he ran into uh, was a wall oh, Bill. in the net. <laughs> uh, it was the, oh, it's a John Van Vieswerk award for every no, everything thing. everything with Bill and goalie is. <laughs> you know, John Van Vieswerk has all five uh, vowels uh, in his last name. I heard that no. somewhere. I don't know where. No, not a not a Martin coach. Is it the is it the Clint Malarchek Award? Mm. Bloody good answer, but no. Oh, it's the Jay Hutchinson Toothless Award. <laughs> oh no! I think that's oh. the award for who's got the dumbest teammate. I think that oh. award goes to that guy. Oh, I wonder who that is. Uh, let, let's go. Let's go. You want? Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Go. A. Uh, yeah. How about you go multiple choice? A. The Vesna uh-huh. Trophy. B. The Verrazano Trophy. Oh, fuck. Oh, wow. How did we not say that? <laughs> How did we not <laughs> get that? One. Of course it's the Verrazano. Verrazano. Oh, oh, my God. Forget Steve, about it. The Williamsburg it's, Trophy. <laughs> it's it's not, actually. Um, C, the Norris Trophy, or D, the Harris Trophy. Oh. I, I, I got to stick with the, the Verrazano. Verrazano. Because you want to leave narrow gaps. Yeah, in net, so it's the Verrazano Narrows Trophy. It costs you twenty bucks every time you even you say the name, so we can't say it anymore, guys. Oh, we're really screwed. I'm surprised this trophy isn't one of the ones on this. Oh, list. come on! Well, come on. Not yet, Bill. Say guys. Yeah, like you don't have any editing. All right. <laughs> it's the Vesna Award, right? Yes. And I get number well, one hundred. The Vesna Trophy. Baby. There you go. And now it's time for Impressions with Nick. Fucking great. Ladies and gentlemen, the Friends of Bravo podcast. We're ready for the fastest two minutes of this Type 45 show. It's the 20 Questions Power Play. The rules are simple. The group has two minutes to guess a famous player, coach, front office, or any famous player person associated with one of the four Friends of Rivals favorite teams. The group can ask up to 20 questions in rapid fire. Answers will only come in the form of yes or no. Group will have to make a final guess once they've hit 20 questions or the power play has expired. The group is successful. They win for the week and avoid shame for unable to win at a children's game. And away we go. Is this player associated with the Devils? Yes. No, 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 no. Person associated with the Rangers? Yes. Is this person associated with any of the other teams of ours? Yes. Is this is this player is this person a player? Yes. Person associated with the Islanders. Yes. Is this player a forward? Yes. Is this player Canadian? Yes. Pat Lafontaine. No. Wait, I, I, it's an Islander and a and a Ranger. Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't know if it's a Penguin or not. Is this was this guy also a Penguin? No. Did this player play in the nineties? Yes. Did this player also play in the two thousands? Yes. Come on, Tom. I hate these guys. Did Lindros play for the did uh, the 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 other Lindros Rhett, play for the Rangers ever? Rhett Lindros? No. Was it Chris Simon?
Obi ripper from the friggin' circle, what? baby. Wow. I cannot believe you got that. I thought for sure you were not gonna get this one. I wanted to, I wanted revenge for the like last couple you've gotten. What? Oh, how did man. you? Come, how did that pop into your brain? That was, you know what? That was Tamu Solani. I just threw the glove up in the air and shot it out of the air. <laughs> that was no. That was get the puck behind the net. Mm, in Michigan, did I Michigan? Skate all the way up. Skate right. You were like Connor McDavid skating through the Rangers. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's that's very apropos. Uh, Bring it our total up to eight for 10. Eight for eight for 11. My favorite thing about this is that, you know, Chris Simon played twice, two years for the Isles, one year for the Rangers, and he almost killed Ryan Holloway in the Isles Rangers game. And I was like, he's not going to get this one. No one's going to get this. It's a good one because he's played a lot of games. He's oh, in wow. the league. But man, I was just for out three of nowhere. days to, so to even come what, up with that What team do you associate Chris Simon for playing for, though? You play for the Isles and the Rangers briefly. I, I was, think he's an Avalanche. Like I, I oh, picture oh, him as an Avalanche. Yeah, like, yeah. He's actual. Dicks, right? What's it? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, he got drafted by the Flyers. Like I, it's, oh, he was a kind of over place. Fuck yeah! Fuck the Flyers! Fuck the Flyers! He played, he played the most time in in Washington. That was that was the majority uh, of his yeah, career. Yes. Washington, man, oh. Jesus. Mm. That was outstanding, Tom. I I totally thought we were going to miss this one. Uh, oh yeah, I thought. Hey. Why it's it's always when you get those friggin' Islander Rangers, man. There's so many like of the smaller guys, guys yeah. that have played. Whew. All right, let's go to this date in Steve's stomach. Oh, that feels better. Brought to you by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Well, I'm here. We're saving calories. Well, This one's going to bring us to the year of our Lord, 2013. Please go to January 23rd, January 23rd, 2013. January 23rd was a Wednesday. I only had grapes for lunch. The whole day? I'm sorry, for breakfast. Oh. Grapes for breakfast. Uh, leftover stuffing for lunch. Were you sick? And a you can of Coke. Uh, did 30 minutes on the elliptical and followed that up with a little breakfast for dinner. Ham and eggs, toast, and a can of Coke. Man, how about a pumpernickel bagel for dinner? How amazing uh, that would have been. been for episode 100. Oh, that would have been nice. This was just so we're all clear. This is pre Coke Zero, too. Oh, of course. Okay. Okay. I just got a, a quick question. I, I don't know anybody who ever has stuffing outside of like Thanksgiving and Christmas, maybe. Like, was it leftover frozen from reason, then? Like, well, we have um, it on occasion. Like, we have like like baked chicken or something like that. Really? We'll do a little stovetop. Okay. All right. Yeah, this, I, I acknowledge but, this could be a world that I'm just not. But that, on at the end of January, leftover thing, stuffing? No. Well, no. Guy probably friggin' drinks the milk before he eats the cereal. 
Yeah, I don't know why. At one at one point, Tina must have roasted a a, a turkey. You but probably you got like a free one. Yeah, you didn't have you that for dinner like a couple days before. Or it was like, hey, this is all we got in the fridge, and or nothing there, and just right. got stuffing. We're gonna clean out the cupboard tonight, honey. She roasted <laughs> a turkey on uh, on the the Sunday prior. Yeah, so and that's, that's why leftovers. we had leftovers. That's yeah, probably right. yeah. good enough. Why did you pick? January 23rd, 2013, in honor of this 100th episode. Obviously, because that was the day that Florida man. Ah, Florida. Back to Florida. Gregory Matthew Bruni. Three names. Bruni. He's all fucked up. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, I'm sorry. Discovered carnival worker Gregory Matthew Bruni. There you go. Say no more. Florida naked Kearney. on their mm-hmm. roof, uh, the Watonia and LaDonna land discovered this gentleman naked on their roof uh, just as the night began. He then allegedly assaulted Tony, trashed the couple's North Fort Myers home, and then defecated and masturbated inside their house. How the sick time? and freaking twisted do you have to be to go to pick stories like this and then go into their house and just do that. Well, the, as soon as you said uh, Florida man and carnival worker, I all bets were off. I mean, uh, I mean there's literally it. nothing anyway. Yes, actually, me. the rest of the story is too tame for those two words put together. <laughs> uh, so the lands say that Bruni ran into the house, pulled the big screen TV off the wall. This is 2013. This oh. is this is Ooh. a heavy TV. Yeah, so these are heavy TVs. Okay, okay. Uh, and spilled the contents of the vacuum on the floor. Around this time, Ladonna grabbed a gun and began firing at the nude intruder. She missed, and the couple called nine one one. I don't know who the hell he is. He's naked. He ran into my damn house. Tony can be heard saying on the recording. Uh, <laughs> if you're wondering out there why Tom is going on and on about this story, this is his normal bit. We've, we've had to endure 99 other times and ends the show this way. So please, just to please catch up. tell me we have so the, the lands told the authorities that after the shots were fired, Bruni began what? This is what it says in the article: whacking the mole. Yeah. In their living room, I'm going to call it for that from now on. Stop whacking the mole. Before heading into their son's, oh wait, whacking the mole is that pooping? I don't know. You tell no. us. No, because no. the next sentence says before heading to their son's room to rub some clothes on his face. Yeah. Oh my god. When what, what did you to attempt to control Bruni? Uh, who they said was wildly flailing around and speaking nonsensically. Uh, they also discovered that Bruni had defecated on the floor uh, in uh, two spots within the home. Well, maybe maybe whacking the ball was masturbating. Got it. I think so. I yeah. I hope at he some, did it on tile so it was easy at to clean. Some up. point during the ruckus. There's a shag rug. Can you describe the ruckus? Thank you for that. Investigators say Bruni sucked up the contents of the vacuum he spilled out. 
absolutely listen this guy is such a nice guy that when he knocked over the vacuum oh my god he made a little mess on the floor so he used the vacuum to, to suck it up next week's yeah. trivia question is what drugs was this guy on um let's see uh bruni was taken not, in custody transported to a hospital for evaluation where doctors reportedly told deputies they plan to conduct tests to determine what bruni was on that's the name of the game right there what was bruni on bruni yeah i gotta i want to avoid that combination yeah bruni has been charged with criminal mischief battery uh occupied burglary and resisting arrest without violence so uh they have a recap Oh, thank God. Allegations against Bruni. Got naked, climbed on the land's roof. Attacked Tony Land by jumping on him and hitting his shoulder. Ran into the land's house, knocked down a TV, and spilled the contents of the vacuum on the floor. Dodged bullets (laughs) fired at him by LaDonna Land. Masturbated in the living room. Rubbed clothes on his face in the land's son's room. And defecated on the floor in two places. Oh, I'm sorry. Drank. The contents of the vacuum. Did it say sure. No, you probably put it in a blender. Yeah, because you don't. You don't just. Come on. What the hell did they vacuuming? Was it a wet dry vac? Uh, at some point during the ruckus, investigators say Bruni sucked up. I thought he sucked it up with the vacuum. No, no, no. no. I, even that? I knew it wasn't in the vacuum. You're not going to con- dump the contents and then vacuum it back up. That's just stupid. Oh my God in heaven! I'm sorry, but he got charged for avoiding the bullets. Uh, something like that. There he is. Yeah, no. There Ooh. he is. There is Carney Worker. That's uh, was it Gregory Matthew Baruni. That's there a bit younger is. than I expected. That's definitely. Yeah, enough. I, I I was taken back by how young he was as well, Bill. But uh, whoo, that must have been some good stuff. He was. Thank- Tom's a creep. Tom is a weirdo. Where does he come up with the shit? It's so disgusting. Thank God he left. Be- John Butchergrass left before we got to this. <laughs> well, did he cover what? Shit. I think Butchie would have had a fun with that that piece. I'm saying. Wow. I hope he doesn't. Way. I hope he doesn't think to himself on Wednesday. Hey, I want to hear how I sounded on that podcast. <laughs> no, I said do like I do. I wonder what the boys were talking about after I left. I I I want to just listen a little more because I know they're going to brag about how great I was on the show. (laughs) He was awesome. He was. He was was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he did a great job. Honestly. I think we could officially... Go ahead, Billy. We we could officially offer him fifth mic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We're agreed. Weekly spot. (laughs) Not not to make it like a Geico commercial, but uh, it would be like when Slash auditioned for that high school band. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's I know it's like his job is to like know everything about hockey, but man, Holy what yeah. I was yeah. I was afraid that our questions about our teams would be too kind of you know specific to our stuff, but man, he, right? Because he's got to know he's got to know the whole league like that. Yeah. I was I was so impressed by that 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 because you know how it is guys it's like there's a lot of information out there a lot of teams yeah you know so it was good no, no, it sounds really to good. me like Barzell is all about the show I'm just saying it's all about him I don't know if you want that guy on your team there Nick. just the I I am going to tweet out a picture of our special guest John McEnroe <laughs> that's what <laughs> that I'm going to do the greatest. that was the absolute greatest that was unbelievable. <laughs>
good. All right. The, the, good. The, the greatest is that he saved the penguins from the fucking roasting that I was going to give. Oh, them man. He did. He ever. Holy did he ever. Shit. Uh, Bill, there's always episode 101, pal. We got nothing to talk uh, about. I'm going to have to. I, that's going to hurt. I'm holding that to hurt for a week. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us for episode 100. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at friends underscore arrivals. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh boy, uh, because we will read them on the air if you want this. If you want us to, while you're uh, on the uh, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to turn on notifications for the Friends of Bibles podcast so you never miss an episode. Billy, say something, Woody, pal. Well, we didn't actually get to mention the passing of the Golden Jet Bobby Hull, uh, which happened and uh, at, at age 84. And uh, I was just thinking about, you know, my thoughts go out to his son Brett Brett Hull and. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, in, in his grief, uh, Adam Oates will assist him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just, get just, it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Sing us out. All my friends and rivals. Flyers fuck, flyers fuck. Flyers fuck off. Flyers fuck, flyers fuck. Flyers fuck off. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought the other thing you meant to say. I thought the the other one. I'm an idiot. God, Jesus. See, fucking Butchergrass leaves and it just fucking falls oh, apart. Falls apart. Falls apart. <laughs> you cut us all out. <laughs> and now it's time for trivia. Oh, damn it. I do that all the time. Why do I do that all the time? <laughs> you suck. And what? We've yes. only done this 100 episodes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>